While Bee recovered, Julie fed her soup and cigarettes and stayed close by her side. Bee was desperate to get up and speak to the ops team to find out what was happening on Triton, but Julie said, Your orders are to rest, so lie there and tell me about Jay. Bee told her how she'd met Jay on the protest camp, how they'd moved up into the trees. I got brought down, she said, but Jay held on till the bitter end. Julie chuckled, That's my boy. Then she began coughing her smoky's rasping cough. That's what he was like as a baby. He'd be sat in his nappies, blocking the entrance to the RAF base, stopping those huge trucks with nuclear missiles on. Proper little rebel. B told her about the drove and the community they'd built, the community that became the core. Julie listened with glowing admiration. B could see how proud she was, but just at the edge of her smiling eyes, she saw the sadness that she'd missed out on it all. Julie muttered something underneath her breath while Bee studied the lines on her face. Without looking at Bee, she said, You know what I did, don't you? Why I was in prison? Yeah, Bee said and waited. Julie took a huge intake of breath and sighed. It's good to hear all about you and Jay. That's all we ever wanted. We wanted change. Everyone did. We didn't like what the system did to us, how it shaped us, how it made us feel. I've had a lot of time to think about it, but you know, when I was young, I thought I was old. It was like time was running out. We had to do something. Does that make sense? Julie looked at B for reassurance. B nodded. Julie looked away. What I did, it was a terrible thing, and I've often thought knowing what I know now, would I do the same again? She glanced at B. B said, Can I ask you? Can I ask you about the bean field? Jay said he saw you being dragged through a broken window by your hair. Did he? Julie shook herself. Well, yes, that did happen, but it didn't happen to me. The bean field was bad, as bad as it gets. It was frenzied. It was like the cops were possessed. I shielded Jay from as much of it as I could. Julie seemed lost in her memories that suddenly re-emerged like a dead body being washed up on the beach. It must have been terrifying for the little lad, she said. Jay was big, but I think on the inside he was always a little lad. She smiled at B. Did you love him? B reeled back. Yeah, I did. I really did, and he loved me. Julie placed her hands around B's hands. Well, at least you had that, she said. It must have been hard losing him like that, losing someone you loved when you were so young. B felt Julie anchor her as tears burst forth and flooded her cheeks. Julie wiped B's tears away and held her. When Jay drowned, it was like B always knew that would happen, like he was only supposed to be here for a short time and then he'd go back to whichever world he was visiting from. From the moment he'd first appeared at the road protest camp, she couldn't believe he was just there, right in front of her in plain sight, and no one seemed to think this was miraculous. When she asked people who he was, they just said, Oh, that's Jay, like it was normal, but it was anything but normal. 
To be, it was like the trees themselves had conjured up this mythical beast, brought him forth and made him manifest to aid them in their noble quest to stop the bypass and save the trees. It was the same when she saw him at the farm, just chopping wood like it was the most normal thing in the world, but to be, it was magical, or as close to magic as she'd ever been. When they found his body, when the floodwaters receded, they cremated him, and she took his ashes with her to Triton and built a shrine for him within the core. It was a year to the day since they'd lost Kid Jaya. Lost at sea meant they wouldn't find the body, his body, and that's what broke B. B was partway through a staged review of operations when the head of security knocked on her door. If they'd realised it was a year to the day, perhaps they'd have chosen a better time to ask her about the string of complaints that had piled up. She'd shouted at just about everyone, but now she'd hit one of the senior researchers, pushed him over in fact. The head of security planned to just have a quiet word to see if they could calm the waters and stop the researcher from pressing charges. But instead, B smashed up her office before collapsing in a heap on the floor, sobbing. It was described as a retreat, as rehab. She was taken to the white room. Her days were spent sleeping, eating and exercising with no human contact. She could only talk to Sam. After a month, she was allowed to work for part of her day in food production. In the climate-controlled light chambers, she tended to the plants and monitored their output data. She made sure they got the right nutrients. She was encouraged to talk to the plants in soft, cooing tones. It was classed as light duties. Sam helped her reconstruct her memories. Sam said, You're only remembering, remembering the memory from last time. And that's only a memory of what you remember from the time before that. It's not what actually happened. You can control what you remember and what you don't. We can help you choose better options. After two more weeks, Sam said she could go back to her accommodation. She kept working at the food plant and began to take on a few of her more regular duties as director of operations. Sam said she could start mixing with people again, but she hadn't. It was early in the morning, first light, just before the dawn, and the security team were rushing around the island. B grabbed one of them to find out what was going on. He showed her the latest news footage. A thick plume of smoke was billowing up into the sky from a stretch of the ocean. What is it? she said. There's been an airstrike overnight. They've hit Triton. B held on to the security officer. She gripped his arm a little too tightly. What? she said. I mean, who? I mean, what happened? We got most of the people off. There are a few casualties, nothing fatal. They've all been flown to a hospital on the mainland. B let go of his arm and composed herself for a moment. Show me the footage again, she said. She looked at the smoke and wreckage in the waves. So how bad is the damage? The security officer shrugged. It's pretty much sunk without trace. B suddenly realised what that meant. And what about the gyre? she said. The security officer nodded his head towards the shoreline. He's over there. B looked and saw gyre each wading through the waves. No, I mean... But she stopped herself. She saw on the security officer's face that to him, Jaya Each was the Jaya. She realised that to everyone, 
The Jaya began and ended with Jaya each. Her knowledge of us, her understanding of and connection with us, is best kept to herself. Yes, she said. Okay, well, his safety has to be our top priority from now on. Does he know that Triton's gone? No, it only happened a few hours ago. Okay, well, let's keep it that way for now. The less he knows, the better. I'll break it to him when the time's right. The security officer stiffened. Whatever you say, I'll let the ops team know. B looked at Jai each, diving through the waves. He saw her and smiled, waving his arms for her to join him. She saw him as a child in a man-sized body, just an ordinary boy who painted his skin green. <laughs>